The Make My Damn Movie Podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion advised. Here we go. Film, entertainment, screenplay, Mark Reynolds, Tom Swain. This is Make My Damn Movie. A bit later on, uh, I'm going to give an example Uh of why it's imperative to come into a scene at the last possible moment and exit that scene fast. Early. Yep. Yeah. So that's coming up. All right. And I think it'll be interesting because I'm going to pull out the old first draft of the first screenplay. Oh, God. Yeah, I got my back brace on so I can say, pick it up. That's a workout. It is. Tons of messages about me saying that I'm not trying to help anyone write their screenplays. Oh, really? Yeah, stuff like up yours, screw off, get bent, eat shit and die, kiss my ass, fuck you, go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of the fuck you variations. Ah, yeah. And all that does, quite frankly, is give me material. (laughs) That's true. You're feeding the beast. Absolutely. Because I'll be using those wonderfully colorful phrases at my local grocery store. (laughs) When I yell out derogatory stuff at the morons that abuse the 10 items or less lanes. Okay. So thank you, idiots. <laughs> I don't need you. I have friends. Some say they're imaginary, but still. And yes, Augustus may be fantasy. Yes. But his GoFundMe page is real, which Brenda has donated to generously, I might add. Oh, really? Unbeknownst to her. <laughs> but it works. It does work. Now, I've been saving this message from a listener for a while, and it will become quite apparent why in just a moment. When we get to the messages? No, I'm going to read it now. Oh, okay. Because they got to do it. Must so be special. It was Michael from Homestead, Florida. And he says, can you tell me the name of the artist or band that sings the Make My Damn Movie opening song? No. It takes me a day or so to get it out of my head, but I love that tune. And here's the tune that we all know and love. Yeah. And I'll tell you who it is. I want to walk all over it, which I'm doing. But anyway, (laughs) Peddler's Glory, that's Cody Fauber. Yes. Unfortunately for Cody, we have another singer right on his heels with another take on the Make My Damn Movie opening song. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Make my damn movie. Make my damn movie. Make my damn movie right now. Hey, Mommy. So, address all letters to Tom. Yeah, that would be my progeny. Because what's going to happen is we're going to get a shit ton of letters, of messages. How could he let that child say those words? I'm not answering Uh, those. He is three. I'm going to direct them to you. He's heard much worse. That's that's my answer. I'm sure he has. So, anyway, that was Avon. Yes, Singing the Make My Damn Movie theme song. You're being replaced, Cody. Sorry. What I liked about that is he used that gravelly voice. Yeah, he knew (laughs) to pitch his voice way down there. Pretty funny stuff. All right. Time to talk to, wait for it, a screenwriter. Yay! Yeehoo! 
All righty. It's another Writer's Roundup where we find out what other people are doing to shine a spotlight on their projects and chat for a few minutes with them. And this time around, we're talking to Josh Mayhew. Hi, Josh. Hey there. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys? So you're in Paris, right? I am in Paris. (laughs) And what are you doing in Paris? You mentioned you were pitching something. Yeah, well, it's been a roller coaster of a journey right now. I'm currently with uh, one of my friends who I've worked with on sets before back in Canada. And uh, she, she is working on her own web series. And she's like, hey, why don't you come to Paris? Right now, the TV world is booming but in terms of diversity because it has a huge it's kind of like five years back i'd say paris in terms of uh, diverse content and right now they're looking for new content they're looking for queer writers and queer storytellers to share their stories so that's why i'm here awesome (laughs) now how long have you been doing the screenwriting thing actually for the past two years more seriously i'd say yeah so how did you get into doing that well it started off back in 2019 i attended the vancouver film school where i had the uh, lovely opportunity to direct a web series and a short film which ha- like really set me up with a few contacts here and, and a few awards there and it really allowed me to dive into this world and to really see what I can offer people and the, the the world really for that. And right now I stopped directing and focusing more on everything revolving on writing mm-hmm. and writing TV pilots here, pitching there and seeing where that can lead me. What nice. do you prefer, the directing or the screenwriting? I'd say prefer the screenwriting. I feel like directing is such a lovely opportunity to be able to connect with people, but the screenwriting element, you really get to build a world, build your stories and talk about things that really matter to you, you know? Now I checked out your bio bio, and you are super open, so to speak, about being a Mm -hmm. gay escort at one point, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I did that when I was uh, in Vancouver and was going for a rough time. Couldn't be able, I wasn't able to afford rent. And the only thing I felt I could turn to at that time was escorting. And it really opened up this world to me, the the realities, the taboos, the, the things people think that escorts do and don't do. Like for me, I, I never had a sexual contract. I had other friends who were in the industry who did, but it's just so misunderstood. And mm-hmm. for me, I see it and it, it's, you get to meet up with clients and realize that these people are just looking for connections. And I decided that I am writing about that. I was going to ask, yeah. yeah. How, how does it yeah. factor into your writing? So it must have yeah. it. Now, what part of your writing? Is it a huge part of it or just kind of little bits and pieces? It's definitely a huge part. Like one of the um, the, the pilots that I recently wrote, uh, it's actually it's actually gathered a lot of traction on a, with a Screencrafts TV pilot. It was a semifinalist and it's on the Coverflies red list, and it's basically showcasing the realities in terms of a thriller, so murder mystery, and mm. really going to show how because these individuals, these escorts and sex workers, it's not really recognized. Sex workers is technically sex work is illegal, therefore, 
it right. makes people it could it can trap them into human trafficking and that's a huge uh-huh. issue right now that we don't talk a lot about and people are scared to a lot of managers are terrified yeah. to represent people who write about that that's a good point and that's my next question so do you feel like being open about that has kind of given you a, a black mark on yourself I think it's actually done the opposite. I feel like it has allowed me to be able to stand out. You know, I feel like for me, that experience and that's what managers are looking for. Really, they're looking for people with experience in the stories they're telling. And last week was the first time I got asked by Circle of Confusion to read the script, you know, because they found it. They thought it was cool that I was talking about that. And they're like, hey, send it over. It's different. So yeah, all, all I've been getting out. so far is good review, good reviews for That's being open good. about that when a lot of people are not. So no, I can imagine. And I think it takes mm-hmm. a lot of courage to do that. Thank but it's, you. Yeah. But, it, but, but it's working for you. It is. It sure is. I find it, you know, it was a big risk, but like, you know what? You got it. Sometimes you just got to take risks. Mm-hmm. You've only been doing this like a couple of years, right? Writing, I mean. Mm-hmm. Seriously, right? Like mm-hmm. seriously writing screenplays. So people coming into the industry, what would you suggest they do to kind of get their start? Most people don't have this elaborate background like you have, Josh. So, you know, and that's nice to have that as kind of a launching point for you. But what about other people starting out that want to write a feature script? I feel it's just about finding your voice, finding what what makes you vibrate, what makes you so happy to talk about and sharing that with people, you know, because that's at the end of the day. Every script I want to read from my friends and and people I work with is always the things that that really touch them deeply. So finding your voice and sharing that with everyone. And I tell people this over and over and over. Write what you know. Exactly. And that's what you're doing. I completely agree. Yeah, you do. Because the thing is, is that you can't really... I think when you have agency and you have experience in something or something touches you that's the best you're, you're going to be the best to tell the story because it's it's you it's a part of you so always stick to that love it okay yeah. how can someone get in touch with you josh yeah so i am on instagram is probably going to be the easiest way i have my website and every other link there so it's uh josh at joshua.mayhew so mayhew is m-a-h-e-u right. i love that you spelled it yeah very good yeah very nice job. <laughs> i figured <laughs> all right josh thanks for taking time out thank you josh Thank you guys so much. Take care. Bye. There's another writer's roundup in the box. In the can. And we'll let you know when we're taking more quote unquote applicants. I don't know why I said quote unquote, because because they really are applicants. Right. But that got way ahead of us. A lot of people want to do it, but we'll let you know. Mm hmm. And we'll let you know. Did I already say that? Yeah. Too bad. Okay. Now, you can go to MakeMyDamnMovie.com if you'd like to send us a message. And that's what we're going to do right now is read messages from the thing on the internets, <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting sick. Oh, no. Here's hoping. All right. Uh, messages from Make My Day with that. Frederick, Anchorage, Alaska. Do you guys have writers for your podcast? Seriously? No. Have you listened? Yeah. Frederick. That would be a resounding no. Joey, Queens, New York. I have been a script reader for a few years now, and I was disappointed (laughs) to hear your take on readers. We have tons of scripts to study. So, yes, we do indeed miss the writer's point on occasion. Give us a break, will you? Nah. Allison, Santa Monica, California. 
I was pleasantly surprised that you guys ripped on stupid screen readers that totally missed the mark when reading screenplays. I've never heard a podcast that had the nerve to address this issue or stupidity. Oh, yes. I hate those readers that blaze through scripts. I get it, but I hate it. Yeah, go with the hate. Mm -hmm. I always like that. When in doubt, go with the hate. <laughs> Way down <laughs> deep. Lewis, Dundee, Scotland. Ah. Mark was quite rude to Tom for his staff pick of Stone of Destiny, exactly. which is an amazing film. Yeah. Mark needs an attitude adjustment or some other thing. Well, if by some other thing you mean flipping you the bird, uh, then sure. But I do apologize for my biting sarcasm. Flip it to you. Uh. Which most people do find delightful. It is my defining characteristic, I've been told. <laughs> I'm just used to it by now. You so. are. Carson Thornton, Colorado. The Make My Damn Movie podcast was hard to stomach for me at first, what? but after a few episodes, I'm on board. Initially, I didn't get the humor, but now I love the in-your-face attitude and off-color remarks. Pretty damn cool. Now, see, Carson uh, seems like he's having way too much fun at this point with uh -huh. the Make My Damn Movie podcast, so you need to calm yourself, for one. <laughs> and two, until you do that... You're banned. You cannot listen to the show All right, Carson. anymore. Natalie, Austin, Texas. I would love to add to the list of miserable, irritable TV characters that remind us of Mark. <laughs> he reminds me of Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Stanley from The Office. Yeah. Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. Yeah. Fred Sanford. <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge from A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. And obviously, Sesame Street's Oscar the Grouch. Hilarious. <laughs> Listen to Trash Can. Delightful. Thank you. <laughs> Just pile on. Piling on! What the hell, man? Hey, that office character, what's his name? Stanley? Stanley. He was my favorite one. Yeah, he was definitely irritable. He was the office grouch. See, when I read those and I look at them and I kind of pick them apart, mm -hmm. and it's like, gee, really? That's <laughs> the impression people have of me? A sour fucking piece of shit? Loving sour. <laughs> I don't know about that. <sighs> Kill me. <laughs> But now it's time for the movie quotes game where I read a movie quote and you try to tell me what movie it's from. Okay. Here's your first one. Okay. This is the cleanest and nicest police car I've ever been in in my life. This thing's nicer than my apartment. Oh, man. What? Super bad? No. Mm. You say super bad for I almost do, everything. Axel Foley, Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, man. Well, man's right. That's That's been a while. Second one. That. Just because you're familiar with a missionary position doesn't make you a missionary. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Urgh. Oh, no. Oh, this is rough. I'll give you the character name. Roy Munson. I'll give you the actor that plays, <laughs> and then you will get it. 
Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh, Kingpin, man. What the hell? I almost said bowling pin. That's how dumb I am. Wow, yeah. Damn it. I'm going to agree. Pretty dumb. All right, here's your last one. As if things weren't bad enough, now I've been abducted by aliens. No bells ringing? I'll give you the character name. What in the hell? Valerie. I'll give you the actress that played Valerie. Gina Davis. Oh! I'll give you the movie, Earth Girls Are Easy. Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, boy. That was... Really disappointing. That was brutal. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to continue with the Brutality? Trivial Pursuit oh. game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the Trivial Pursuit game that I found in my garage without the thing. and You know the, the drill. Okay, here's your first one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, right there? No. <laughs> what was the hometown of the Flintstones? Bedrock. What was the name of the 70s situation comedy that depicted a family turned rock and roll stars? The Partridge Family. Oh, you're redeeming yourself. And here's where it goes south. Uh-huh. What is the name of the actor who played the youngest son on Lost in Space? The actor. His name. Lost in Space. The son. Leif Garrett. Bill Mummy. Uh, where did Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore live on the Dick Van Dyke show? Where? Where did they live? They said it all the time. They did? Yeah, they did. (laughs) New Rochelle, New York. New Rochelle, New York. Now, (laughs) we're going to continue with these cards that we also found. 90s TV trivia. Mm Mm-hmm. And see if you can get any of these right. Okay. People did message in and said, I like the 90s. Yeah. Oh, okay. A little bit more familiar with the 90s. On what show would you find the character A.C. Slater? Saved by the Bell. In the Golden Girls, and that's where you would lose me. <laughs> but in the Golden Girls, what event prompted Dorothy's mother to move into the house with the girls? Hmm. The death of her husband? Her retirement home burnt to the ground. Oh. Name the former Democratic mayor of Cincinnati who became a chat show host. Talk show host. Holy shit. I I don't know. Former mayor of Cincinnati. Jerry Springer. Oh, that's right. What is the name of the law firm that Allie McBeal works for? Uh, I did not watch that. Cage Fish mm. and Associates. Fish. Mm. I would have not known that. I didn't watch one episode of Allie McBeal. Me either. Yeah, and I'm proud to say that I didn't watch one episode of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Taking a ride. Uh, it's the Make My Damn Movie Stop Picks now, where we attempt to force you to watch movies that we like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know who that was geared towards. I, I just had the asshole button in my hand and decided to <laughs> whip it out, so baby. To speak. Yeah. Ah! 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Oh, the staff picks. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. What do you got for your staff pick? Today? My today. staff today. pick is sci-fi action thriller Upgrade. Okay. From 2018. Oh, and I'll try not to be rude. Oh, thank you. Even though, really, science fiction? But that's your thing. You that's might your actually like this movie. Oh, okay. Proceed. Directed by Lee Whammel? Hanmel? I don't know. You got to stop He's giving great. directors names. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot pronounce that I'm, at I'm, all. I'm going to critique it up. I'm going to critique your staff pick on the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'll be fun. Wait. No. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Starring Logan Marshall Green. He's the poor man's Tom Hardy. Okay. You know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He plays this guy named Gray Trace. He fixes up this old muscle car for a rich inventor. Yeah. Mm. And his wife gets killed, and he's left paralyzed in a brutal carjacking. Okay. And this rich inventor offers Trace a cure that will make him walk again. Got it. It's an artificial intelligent implant called STEM. STEM. Yeah. Okay. Not only does it make him walk again, it turns him into a living weapon. He's got like advanced agility and skills. He then goes on the hunt for the men that killed his wife and destroyed his life. So it's kind of like the $6 million man. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, I got you. But, oh my God, it's super violent and uh, actually funny at points because he just, it's this regular guy he tells stem to take over and this artificial intelligence takes over his body and he just kicks the shit out of people. Yeah. I yeah. would like that. What's the name of it? It is called upgrade. Okay, cool. All right. Mine is undercover brother. Ah, from yes. 2002. I love this. This movie. is a great movie too. It stars Eddie Griffin, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. Ingenue Ellis, mm-hmm. Chris Catan, Neil Patrick Harris, oh, Billy yeah. D Williams, Denise uh. Richards, and, a bunch more people, okay? Yeah. Eddie Griffin is undercover brother. Uh-huh. He's a good guy blast from the past, literally. He's recruited to gain access to this ominous underground movement headed up by the man. I love that. <laughs> so he gets partnered up with this feisty sister girl to accomplish his mission, which is Anshanu Ellis. Yes. Very attractive. Mm-hmm. However, undercover brother must first undergo a major attitude adjustment. And what might this be? You're asking yourself. How about trading in his beloved afro and platforms for tennis sweaters and penny loafers? Yeah. <laughs> now he's ready to take on the evil doers of Operation Whitewash. Or is he ready? Check out mm-hmm. Undercover Brother Man. I think you like it. Yeah, I liked it. I really do. It's a great movie. He's a great actor. Why isn't he in more stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Eddie Griffin is really funny in this one. Yes. I mean, he's, it's, in, he's funny in everything. The ensemble cast is amazing. Stellar. And I don't think it got its props. No. I really don't. I mean, people have probably heard of it. And yeah. a lot of people have seen it. It was a minor hit, I guess. Yeah. I don't and know. And it's sort of a cult classic. Okay, moving on. When writing scenes in a screenplay, always start late and get out early. Mm -hmm. Okay? Always approach a movie scene as late as you possibly can. You always come into the scene at the last possible moment, 
Same rule applies at the end. Get the heck out fast. Boom, boom. So start late, get out early. Why? Well, screenwriting is a visual medium and it should move at a rapid pace. Yeah. We didn't know that in the beginning, but we'll get to that. (laughs) That's coming up. You want to give the reader the utmost amount of information to drive the story forward while using the least uh, amount of words. (laughs) You only have between 90 and 120 pages, and I disagree with that. That's kind of the standard. I say 90 to 110. Mm -hmm. So it's now changed from 90 to 120 to 90 to 110 because I said so. (laughs) And that tells the whole story. So there's no room for padding. No. There really isn't. A screenplay is a story of somebody's life with all the boring stuff cut out. So start every scene at the last possible moment now. When I began my very first screenplay, Radio Chaos, it was a nightmare that never ended, and that was just the first scene. (laughs) It really was. Here's the logline. You want to hear it? Radio Chaos. A gung-ho teen in 1981 recruits college-age rebels to hijack a sleazy owner's rural radio station to use it as an audition to land a job at the number one rock station in the city. So the logline right there tells you about the whole movie. Yeah. I printed the screenplay. Yeah. He printed all 385 pages. Yeah. Or it's a nightmare. It okay, is. but bear with me because I'm going to pull it out. Oh, it hurts. But that original screenplay wouldn't match up with the logline you just written. It absolutely wouldn't. Here's the screenplay. I'm going to... Oh, it's heavy. I'll make that sound a lot better in post. <laughs> that we don't do. Anyway. No. But it's very important to remember when you're writing your first draft that your first draft is going to suck balls. Yes. And nobody thinks that. Correct. They're ready to type fade out. They wash their hands and their feet of it. (laughs) I'm done. And that's what I did, unfortunately. So the very beginning of the scene in my original screenplay was about this kid that wanted to be in radio. Right. And what I wanted to show, because I thought, well, I just got to tell every little detail. And I did, (laughs) believe me, of why this kid wanted to be in radio. Now, I'll back up a hair because this is based on me. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. However, I went through in the screenplay and told every little thing that I actually did back in 1980-whatever. Yes, an excruciating detail. To get into radio. Yes. Which meant doing chores you want to for, see the, that? for the little radio station. You want to see somebody mowing a lawn? Now, wait. Wait a minute. So let me back up because, <laughs> because we thought, oh, that's brilliant and yeah. so entertaining. Hindsight. Oh, my God. It's just page after page of this kid. <laughs> Like <laughs> wa- washing windows. We thought it was brilliant. So it's like five pages. Uh, so I want to be in a radio business, this kid, right? Yeah. And the program director of the radio station is like, I'll give you a shot, but you got to earn your dues. And this really happened. And we thought a, a montage of this. Oh, yeah. Now, no, no, montage, no, 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 stop. It wasn't stop. even a montage. No, it turned in. Okay, you're getting way ahead. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But, uh, but I'm it's just easy thinking to. a back about, oh, my God. Yeah, because my point is, is it started up, well, I got to put everything in there, man, I mean, mm-hmm. to let people know that this kid. So literally, this kid, I had a whole page of him taking trash out, <laughs> a whole page of him cleaning the toilet, a whole page of him mowing the lawn, a whole page of him Ooh. cleaning windows. Dude. 
I mean, we're talking five minutes <laughs> of this shit. And then it's like, oh, that's that might be too much. So I'm going to back it much. from five pages to three and do a montage. <laughs> <laughs> that's better. <laughs> Stupid. And then we learned a montage is like a minute. If, yeah. if, now, let's think this through here, okay? I was going to read the whole chores page. No, we don't have that kind of time. But I'm, I'm really not going to. So you're welcome. <laughs> but my point that I'm making, and I think brilliantly making, mm-hmm. is that all of this stuff was just padding. Yes. That uh, any first draft gets is this, oh, I got to put everything, and you should maybe throw everything Yes, and see what sticks. And then you go back. So this screenplay went from, this is just one scene, by the way. This is a 150-some page screenplay. It's ridiculous, okay? I'm looking at the first draft that, that it printed out. But that all became... Just like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I don't want all these chores in here. We don't need no. that, right? All this extraneous stuff, especially for a, a comedy. Right. You so, don't need all that but, stuff. But the point needed to be made, in my opinion, oh, this kid really wanted, because I really wanted to get into radio, and I had to go through hoops to do it, just to get my first break. Yeah. So that all those chores, that 25 pages of chores, became his girlfriend and him sitting in a car outside the rural radio station discussing, there's the evil word, discussing in length how he should approach trying to get a foot in the door. So the chore 20 pages went down to about six pages of them. Well, maybe you should do chores. So you're entering the scene seven days ago and leaving the scene a week or two later. I wanted to get across how badly this kid wanted to get into the radio business and become a disc jockey because that's what I had to go through. So I figured, well, everyone would be interested in that. (laughs) It happened to me. Of course they would. So anyway, what happened is I took the screenplay and I went into the shitter (laughs) and I took a massive and I used it as toilet paper. And that's about what, what it was worth. Brown smudges were. Yeah, that's the stench. So I put it away. Yeah, and you shelved it. And I talked to time. somebody in Holly Rock, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, this is a great <laughs> story, but man, you're a fucking idiot. There's a story in there yeah. somewhere. But buried. it's got a lot of work to get to it. So all of that. All of that mess, mm-hmm. page after page after page after page of nothing, just turned in to the kid literally being on the air. Right. He's just on. He's Boom. Bam. He's in the radio station at this little radio station, and he's talking on the radio. And his boss walks in and says, sounding pretty good there, Greenhorn. And this guy's kind of a redneck. Yeah. Brian, the character's name, rotates on the stool to face Will, his boss. Brian, thanks for giving me a shot, Will. Mm -hmm. Will says, had no choice, did I? Never been pestered so much in my whole dang life. Brian fires off a shit-eating grin because he knows I am the best. Uh That was me, by the way. (laughs) Still is. Will says, tell you what, though, been a program director longer than I care to mention, and I ain't never met no one loves radio more than you do. Done. Boom. <laughs> All that shit. All those pages. Down. Got Will, and that tells you 
everything. Yeah. Now, I will back up a hair. There is a opening scene where the kid mm. is 10 years old at a county fair running up to the local radio station that has a booth they're broadcasting live from, and he's, like, enamored by that. Yeah, so really you do get it. the idea. And that was always in there, by the way. First of all, it was a narration that was five pages long. <laughs> and then you took it out completely. I took the narration really out. missing. And then Brenda said, I love that. And I just wrote it into a scene. So I took the narration and turned it into a scene, a visual. Show, don't tell. Exactly. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I do. And I love nothing. That's so true. I'm telling you, I love that. And lamp. Yeah. So moving on. I saw somebody with a faded bumper sticker. Uh -huh. I heart lamp. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I bet I'm the awesome. only one that sees that today that gets it. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I was driving, Okay, so there you go. I Did all that kind of come together in a nice little package? Did you get where I was going with this? I got it. My point is for producers listening mm -hmm. to say, wow, I got to see that screenplay. Yes. Well, what the f are you waiting for? Go to the thing, radioactive. No, Go to the, thing. no. the good website, makemydamnmovie.com. Make and then for a laugh, go to radioactiverant.com. <laughs> no, don't, don't. If you're a producer, don't ever, ever <laughs> listen to Radioactive Rant Please. or go to radioactiverant.com. They'll do no. any of that stuff. Just do what I say. What the hell? Yeah, Mr. Producer. <laughs> Or Miss Producer. Ms. Producer. How dare you? Yeah. Oh, man. So there you go. That's it. Did you learn anything? I learned lots. Well, I just love to look at the original draft. I'm so glad Do I you? printed it out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Because it's just you go through here and I look at all of this dialogue and I have a rule four lines or less. And that's pushing it. It's usually three or less right. with me, with me because I'm that, that good. <laughs> but I'm looking at this original draft and I'm looking at one, two, three, four, eight lines of dialogue. Uh, <laughs> here's one. Oh, here's one with nine. That out. Do I, what? I really don't think you would have printed that out. Had you known if I'd known then, what you know now. Um, I'm just so it's, glad it's I did. It's good that you were proud enough of it to print the entire thing out. So now you have it on hard copy. Yeah. I mean, there's a description in action that's like, I mean, <laughs> 20 lines. Easy. <laughs> with with no paragraph break. The evolution, though. The evolution. that. <clears throat> let me. Can I back up a hair? Okay. Because here's where I was at when I was first writing this thing, right? Yeah. Everything I do is great. <laughs> Which it is. But... I was telling you, Tom, a story when I was a kid around that age, around that time, where I was going out in the backyard to get a suntan. Ah, uh, yes. And I would drag out, because there was no Walkman no. or anything like that available. I mean, it was, but it was $700. Right. So anyway, I had these big, clunky, cost headphones on, and anyone in the radio business knows exactly. They're coffee cups you put on your ears. Pretty I'm much. sorry, coffee mugs. Right. But anyway, I would take the stereo system from the house, the big <laughs> ass stereo system, drag it out with extension cords 
to put the headphones on to lay out in the sun. Wow. And my dad came out. And he's like, what, what's wrong with you? Why, you're not my son. You, there's no way you come from my loins. I can't believe he didn't shoot me dead many times. He tried to kill me a couple times. He did. Anyway, that's true. It's true. Vehicular. But I put that in the screenplay in the I beginning. Know. We thought it was the best, too. And it was like, oh, wow, this is so funny. And But it made no sense. No. It had nothing to do with radio. It had nothing to do with life. Yes. Because what idiot does that? And I've seen movies that have that kind of shit in yeah, it that they do. are made. And you know what? Maybe that's why I was in there. Because I'd seen stuff like, oh, yeah, it's cute. And it's uh, kitschy and whatever. Ping pong summer. My, <laughs> Susan Sarandos never coming on here. Anytime we say ping pong summer, we'll see that happen. It's automatic. Man. Greatest movie ever, that ping pong summer. Oh, damn it. It's just the way it is. Ping pong. Ping- oh, it knew. Okay, anyway. So, is everyone getting my point? Oh, so that first scene with the stereo out on the patio. Whoa! It was Pink Pop Summer. It was. It was it. There you go. Maybe you should have stuck with it. It would be made. <laughs> yeah. Uh... All right, that's it. I got to go. To the bathroom. We're entering late and leaving early. No, that's, they're not leaving early this time. Uh, go to makemydamnmovie.com and we'll talk to you another time. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Later. Later.